Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rachel Unpack podcast. I am your host, Rachel Medina. I am so excited to have my next guest on. As all you ladies know, the show has been a solo cast for so many years. And now this year, we decided to have these amazing women come on and share their entrepreneurial journey, their mommypreneurial journey. Some of the women have done six figures, seven, eight. And this one right here is the crown jewel of them all so far. Deanne, owner, founder, CEO of Lou LaRoe. Welcome, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, it's so exciting. Um, I know that we've talked or text or whatever, but it's it's so fun to see your face. Yes. Um, we kind of share, you know, buildings. I don't know if your office is still in. We call it the Dos Lagos building. That's what we call it. That's what we call it, yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's, like I said, so fun. And so <sighs> thank you, thank you. I'm really feeling, I feel honored. Aww, likewise, likewise. It, you know, kind of spawned out of curiosity, but, but you know what it is? It's inspiration is what it is. Anytime I come in any proximity with a woman who has done just these groundbreaking, amazing things in business with their family, I'm, I gravitate. I'm just like, ah, oh, tell me something, shed some light on this journey of yours. So I'm going to go down some questions. We're going to go down this road here. It should be a lot of fun. Ladies, if you're listening, uh, you are probably going to just want to sit back, grab some tea, coffee or whatever, and just get inspired and take it all in because this is a heck of a journey. Um, the first thing I want you, Deanne, if you will share with us the early days, the days of you know being a mom and then having this idea to even start a business. Oh, my goodness. You know, for 27 years, years back. I mean, I don't know if you know that I have 14 children together. It is a yours, mine, and theirs. Um, uh, and a quick story, and it's it's crazy, but I'm pretty proud of it because I feel like it's really important for people to know and understand that, um, you know, family's family, whether you have one child or a plethora of children, which we love. And um, so I I birthed four children. I'm the 10th child of 11. And uh, my my mother had 11 children. And she raised us to, her and my dad raised us that having a large family was a huge blessing. And I think because she was, her and dad were very proud of that large family, we grew to love that. And we all wanted to have a large family. And I had four, and after the fourth child, they said, you can't have any more. And anyway, I ended up um, soon after the fourth child in 1990, I ended up uh, heading to Romania with $40,000 cash in a fanny pack, tucked in a pair of jeans, and went to this country that I knew nothing about. I didn't even know what or where Romania was. And I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that I was busy being a mother of four, uh, and not that that good. Um, but when I got there, it was a much harder situation. Uh, they had over 250,000 abandoned children. And mm -hmm. it's a long story, but you can't blame uh, the, the amazing, wonderful mothers. Uh, the situation, it just was a 
a hardship for them. Anyway, the beautiful thing is I ended up being gifted these beautiful, precious children. I had, I found a 15 month old baby boy, a five day old baby boy and a a three day old baby girl. Of course, now they're grown. All of them are three. I mean, 33 um, to 35. Isn't that awesome? That is so amazing. So then when they were little, I ended up going through a divorce and um, meeting a man who had four. That was Mark Stidham. And uh, that made 11. And of course, that's never enough. You know, you got to go back. (laughs) I was there doing a humanitarian job, trying to teach some sense into my my other uh, my other biological children to go paint an orphanage. And I was going to teach them about appreciation of what they had in America. And, you know, and uh, while there, I found three amazing children that, that I fell in love with, two brothers and another girl. And I uh, called Mark while I was there and said, hey, what if I brought these these two kids home and had them come home for the summer. And of course, you know, you can't send it back. Anyway. Yeah. But so my story in starting the business was I there, you know, my mother uh, used to say, see a need. Well, you know, it's also in a, in a cartoon movie, see a need and fill it. And she always taught us see a need and fill it. Yes. And she also taught all of us about, you know, services, the price I pay for the space I occupy. Um, and, um, she she was really big on teaching us to, you know, the more you give, the more you get. And so in, in starting a business, I really wanted to have better and more and you know, having a husband that was working and always trying to do his best, yes. I thought, what can I do? What can I do to do, to do my part? Yeah. And it was hard to leave four little children. At the time, um, I didn't want to go out and get a traditional job. And so I, I had an opportunity, and it's a, a longer story. Yeah. But I found a guy who was... Uh, able to let me take his overstock uh, high-end dresses and I I took those dresses and I started doing in-home pop-ups and I sold for Easter dresses and I liquidated them and I sold then um, Christmas dresses and I'm not kidding you I would do 15 pop-ups in five days I can Sixty thousand dollars. Wow! Season, and I think I did like forty-five parties wow. in that time period, and then I was done. And then I would come back the next season and do between thirty and forty-five pop-ups, and that was great. I did that for twenty-seven years, and it was just my business, and I wasn't going to let anybody do it with me. Yeah. <laughs> I was not going to share. So then it wasn't until the summertime. So, you know, here we have Easter and then the time period from Easter, you know, April all the way until October when I'm starting to book for November's right before Christmas. 
it was like a dry smell. Like nothing was happening. And my bank account was just dwindling. Oh man, yep. That's my play money. That was the money that I used, you know, for going out to dinner if we wanted to, or going to the movie theater and all that stuff. Really quick. So you are sharing the the what your mother taught you, right? Identify a need and fill it. Oh. which is a beautiful thing, but you did it in kind of a clever way. You identified a need, you're filling it, but you leaned in on this like seasonal aspect. And I think that, you know, I, I listen, I'm a 24 year media marketing, advertising, all these kinds of things. And people are always, you know, whether they're picking my brain or throughout my career going, what's the thing? Everyone always goes big picture, but you took it right down to Easter and then, okay, let's look at Christmas. Was there a reason for that? Is there something about you maybe that you just thought, you know, I'd like to have something kind of fun to wear for Easter or what was your, if you could recall your thought process with that? Okay. So, um, the two holidays were typically, um, you know, they, they wanted the two guys, they were brothers and they wanted to sell four seasons worth of clothing. Um, and they tried, they did. And then it wasn't until they just realized that that were those were the two holidays that Pete that moms would go into the big department stores and buy their um, their special dresses yes. that they go get their family yes. and so they kind of narrowed down to just those two seasons and so then for me I kind of hit that same demographic and I would go to where there was a much more uh, populated group of maybe the the Mormon communities yes. and the the other church churches that had that were, you know, they had their kids going to church wearing Sunday dresses and that. And so, so the more traditional, right? So the more of like the traditional communities that really valued that. Because nowadays, you know, you go to church sometimes, at least, you know, uh, you know, where I go. And I kind of look and go, are we really wearing flops? I know that we're in Southern California, but are we really wearing flops? Is that what we're doing? Flops, but, yeah, you know, but mm -hmm. yeah, no. And so that's what the beauty is that I would go and do them and I could sell. I mean, I was selling, my goal was to sell a hundred dresses a day. And wow. like I said, I would do, I would bring home, I was like 60 grand. Um it was just crazy awesome money we're talking like i said like 38 oh yeah years ago and that was great money i mean mark would go and i would call him and complain oh, i only sold 25 pieces at this party <laughs> um, even if you were selling ten dollars profit you just made 250 dollars at this one pop-up and you still have three more to go <laughs> and it was only a two-hour work. <laughs> but you know what? We have goals, right? We women, we yeah. got people. We got to yeah. make it flourish. But to my mother, my mother had these sayings, and they were great sayings. And I didn't realize how profound they were until I had kids. And she would say, okay, now remember. This is the deal. This is the saying. Repeat it with me. And she would say, service is the price I pay for the space oh. I occupy. 
It is my mom saying, service is the price I pay for the space I occupy. And sometimes she would say to my brothers that were laying around, not getting their jobs. <laughs> you know what? You're taking up space. So get up and do some service. <laughs> that is so good. Oh my gosh. This is, this is wonderful because oftentimes, um, so I do some coaching with women that are looking to start businesses or who have already started their home-based business and they have littles. And I think the biggest thing when they have littles and that's, you know, the little children is that they're not setting the boundaries or the kid doesn't know that mom's on the phone trying to do a deal. And the kid's like, mom, mom in the background. And it's like setting these things up. So I feel like the fact that your mom was already sort of putting you through this little sort of incubator accelerator program of like how to have your mindset ready, but also not be afraid of work and to understand, get up, get to work. It's part of the process. And that there's like an exchange of energy too, right? Um, to be able to know, like, don't have your idle hands, like, um, so often we see women that talk about manifestation and I'm really fascinated when I, when I watch some of these videos or I meet these women because I go, where's the message about do all that you can and then, and watch as God does what you can't. That's my sort of thing. But there's, there's, there's this thing right now missing that the work part's missing. There's this idea that you can sit in your, on your couch and like dream it and then it'll just appear. And I'm, I'm so that works is dead come on uh can't move a mountain without doing come on get up and do it yeah. yeah and she did that and then the other thing is when diana and i came along they had already made their money they moved down to california to um start all over i mean they brought mm -hmm. their nine children post-war moved into a three-bedroom one-bathroom house in alhambra california <laughs> And they started catering in the garage. I mean, they won't let you do that today. Yeah. <laughs> they cut their food and cooked and everything right there. And, um, and you know, they did what they could to make the money they needed to. And they worked, worked, worked. And then mom said, well, we, we now need a big house to raise this big family. And we're going to buy a mansion. And they found mm -hmm. a house in Pasadena. 27 room mansions, seven bedrooms, seven bathrooms. And, yeah. I mean, she just said, and my dad was like, oh dear, how are we going to make it? And she yeah. said, she goes, we're going to make it. We're going to make it. And you know, it's right, right at the beginning of all the thinking, grow rich. And oh yeah, yes. Leader in you. And you know, right when that whole boom started and Hallelujah, because yes. they all needed it. I think that the fact that you're coming from this sort of generations deep now, right? It's your mother, it's you, the impression you're making on your family, who even knows the amazing blessings that are going to come with your grandchildren. And it's one of the things that we do talk about in the CEO platform, because there are a lot of moms in there. And you know, I'm Mexican, I live in Southern California, I have family that you know, cousins or whatever that had a baby from this guy or that guy, or even just one. And there's this story that they're telling themselves that I'm a mom now. And, you know, I don't know. And even women that are married and in, in, in the suburbs and they do, you know, the husbands do well. There's this story of like, I couldn't do that. I'm a mom now. And I have the kids. I just can't even imagine. 
And so I'm loving this because I, listen, I didn't marry wealthy. Um, I didn't divorce wealthy. I had to figure it out. My mother was married the whole time. She had to figure it out. So I think when you are raised seeing women get up and make moves and pursue their goals or their dreams or, you know, make these decisions to go, yeah, you know, I think I want a mansion now. Let me just go buy some, in Pasadena of all places where my dad lived, um, I just know how gorgeous it is and over there. And um, so it's it's just a wonderful testament. What's that? What a small world, the connection. <laughs> Because we're both in the same city, you and I. And uh, yeah, my dad lived in Pasadena for a very long time. And so I just, this whole thing, I just love it. And I think that that's why with you, I wanted to go sort of all the way to the beginning because it's, we have to really emphasize as mothers that what we're saying to our children matters and what we're, the example that we're giving them, not just right and wrong, but the freedom to say, or the faith or the boldness to go, I'm going to think bigger, I'm going to do bigger, I'm going to decide differently, and I'm going to go for it. And I think that to be able to hear that your mother did that for you, and then now you're doing that, I just, it's perfection. Um, I'm going to go, let's see. So we talked about your mompreneur origin story, so to speak. Can we talk about brand building a little bit? So here is this brand you come up with. It's LuLaRoe. If I understand correctly, it's a combination of some of your children's names. Three first granddaughters, little did I know that I would have all these other ones coming up. <laughs> Lucy, so that's where Lou, Lola, that's where the La comes from. So Lula, and then Monroe, so that's where the row comes from, R O E. So Lula, Roe, Lucy, Lola, and Monroe. So what I love about that is it's so often uh, people, you know, men and women in business, when they go to start a business, they get so stuck on the name. And I often have to sit there. I've spoken on stages and I, and I talk about this sometimes and I say, listen, Google, no one even knew what that meant when they named their company Google. Uber, who? Who would have said, let's start a car company with a bunch of strangers picking people up? I mean, I grew up in the 80s, you know, stranger danger. Um, and now it's like a thing, get in a car with a stranger. Um, and then let's name it Uber. Uh, you know, Lyft makes a little more sense, right? But Uber. Um, and so, you know, Airbnb. So there's like all these things. And I say, let go of that. Just choose something that that maybe has a beautiful story to you or a wonderful significance to you, but don't, you could literally name your company anything. If it's meant to succeed, it will. Um, so I, I wanted to touch on the name. I just think it's like a, a perfect example of that because it was special to you. Um, and there was not a whole lot of like, oh, but the market's going to say this or people aren't going to know what it means. So thank you for sharing that part. So now you came up with the name, LuLaRoe. Uh, it's named after your first three grandchildren. How do you then, I know that you built the company really quickly and stuff like that. How do you then create a brand that women feel aligned with? Like, what is that? Because that's, that's like a secret sauce. I can't, not all brands can make that work. You can have the right colors. You can have the right name. Um, but there usually is an essence to the business that really pulls people in. Were you intentional about that? Was it accidental? And can you just describe to us a little bit of what you've been able to create with that? You know, I really do believe that you or we, from the very beginning, worked really hard at, you know, 
working at the golden rule, you know, do unto others as you would want them to do to you. Yeah. Uh, and creating a culture, a community, um, helping each other. There's not, you know, there are teams. We have, you know, women that have built, invited neighbors and cousins and family and uh, people from other states to join their teams, mainly because they said, hey, I want to be a part of you because I watch you so often. Mm -hmm. I want to listen to you more and I want to be a part of what you're, you know, what you're doing. And because of that, um, it is wonderful. But then what will happen is they'll go over to someone that is in their county, even though they're not under that team. Yeah. They'll go have coffee with them because they're having a gathering. A oh. And then it's a, it's a great thing because in the very beginning, I said, listen, we are not segregating. Right. Don't go, hey, listen, we are only going to do what we do. And we <laughs> share. No, the whole point of Lula Row is this sharing and caring. We want everyone to help each other. And we do use a, a phrase, a rising tide lifts all ships. Yes over and over again yes when we're rising together we're succeeding yes. together and so when you're not sharing yes you know this i got the best so i'm not going to share with you what will happen is people will will maybe get in and they will um you know they find something that works and they're like hey I've got something that is really awesome and I'm willing to share on the Lula Row show because we do a training every oh nice and they will say hey um they'll reach out to the training department and say I have something that I'd like to share or so-and-so will say hey I I heard this from so-and-so and I think they would be great to share on the Lula Row show. And they get on and I even listen to it. And I'm like, yeah, I think that when you get into the spirit of gatekeeping, um, you create a stagnation even for yourself, because I know even early on in my career, I was, I would learn something or I would accomplish something. And I almost wanted to kind of keep it to myself and, and, because as women, I think, especially I was in media, so it's mostly men, right? Men ran the show. And so there was this idea that like women were in competition for each other for spots in corporate America at the table, whatever it may be. And I just got to the point where I met, thank God, an amazing woman who basically started Auto Trader. Her name was Maureen. And she was this middle-aged, you know, woman that was so sweet. And I I worked there for a while and didn't know that she owned it. And she'd just be like this nice lady. And it was the owner. She owned the whole thing. Um, and one day just said to me, <laughs> I should have her on if I could ever find her. But one day she said to me, I think you're going to own your own company one day. I think you have it. But just remember this, build others up 
and you'll get to enjoy as they build your business. And I remember, and she said, just think that even if you get into management or anything, you need to, you need to focus on building others up. Not that I was a mean girl or anything. I think she just saw that I was a little more reserved. She just said, just let go, just let it go. Just everything you have, put it into others and then watch as people rise up to help you to, to, to build your business or your, or your sales or whatever it may be. And I was 23, 24 years old and I live by that till this day. And I believe that we leave and make an impression wherever we go. The, the biggest feature on a woman, the most attractive, attractive feature is her smile. Mm-hmm. And that's because, you know, we kind of have grouchy faces sometimes. Yeah. I think they call it um, resting, not, I don't like to cuss, but it's like resting bitch face. I'll just say resting B face uh, is what they call it these days. <laughs> We're like, oh, no, I don't want to be called that. So we're going to, okay, so now we're going to get into money, money, honey. I clearly have a toxic, unhealthy PTSD relationship with money as we kind of sit off camera. Can you just describe, listen, we are, those of you who don't know, I'm, this is a woman who's seven is, is baby. Those are baby numbers. Um, This woman has seen the B word. And I don't mean the B-I-T-C-H word. We're talking B-billion. And we're not going to get into the details of that. But can we just, can you just share with us the mindset of it? How did you process? And I will preface this. I then had to learn the hard way that it was hard for me to say million, okay, two million. I couldn't say the million word because that's not what I was taking home, you know? So I had this weird thing of like, the business is doing this, but I'm still a six figure earner. So there was almost like driving with two feet. I was having a weird identity crisis with it. I cannot even imagine in your shoes. So can you just share that with us? Like what what was that moment when you went, wow? Well, surprisingly, thank you for saying that. Surprisingly, I still don't regard myself as that number. You can't even say it, see? <laughs> so, um, so when it happened, when it we hit that number, Mark and I were out to dinner and um, you know, he pays attention. He's a numbers guy. I I I'm it's so funny for me. I'm listen, anytime you start adding the zeros, it starts getting the it's still a lot of money to me. I mean, I'm like I very, very much value money. Uh, a twenty dollar bill is good money. I just I'm I don't take it for granted. Um and I anyway, so we were out to dinner and it happened and we both, uh, we were with one of our top uh, retailers, our, our top leaders, and they just happened to be in town. And the four of us sat and it, thank heaven we were in a private room and we all, we were all emotional. We just, it was wow. like silence without even realizing it and and, and it was like, you know, and then we just got up and just hugged each other and just went, what do we do? What do we do? What, what, what are you supposed to do? You know? And, um, but it happened last year, something else happened. Oh. I went to a, a ladies conference 
I was invited to it. It was only for 200 um, elite women. And, and then, and they had, um, and then they, they, so 200 women were invited and then they only had um, uh, 20 spots in the front seat and the tickets were, let's just say they were pricey. Yeah. Seats. <laughs> and I said to the girl, the the woman that was inviting me, I said, uh, so what's the, what's, what price should I buy? And she goes, well, you have to buy the, the most expensive because I know what what category you are. And I'm like, I, I, I guess I kind of forgot. So anyway, so I did. And, but, you know, obviously I would have. But what was so awesome is that she introduced me to a woman who co-wrote um, a very famous book. But out of the blue, later on, I am talking to this woman. And um, another another woman came up to talk to her, was, said, can I talk to you about write, how it is to write a book? I want to write a book like you. And she turned and said, you, but wait a minute. I want to introduce you to Deanne. She's the B word. <laughs> the B word. <laughs> and she turns and she goes, Deanne. She goes, you are the woman to be looking up to. Everybody on this yacht. And I go, no, don't tell anybody what I am. Don't. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good where I am. Fine. It wasn't really about that number. It isn't. It was more about the number in the company that was growing so that it would, it was like, how can we help? others to succeed it is representative of the, the success of all of the women that are part of your organization all of the women that embrace the brand all the women that get up every day and whether they host their parties or however it is that they're managing their business and networking and all that that number is a collective representation of all of their success. That was you having the courage to go, I want to do this as a mom with all these kids and whatever your background is and you know the country you went to and, and maybe the struggles you might have faced as well and be, still being able to say, you know, I just want to do this for me and my family. And then, oh, I'm going to share that with this woman so that she could share it with her family. And then that woman is then, it's like a ripple effect. And eventually, however many years later, that formulated this beautiful bee. And I think that that's what I see. And that's what I hear. And that's what gives me the chills. And, and that is why, by the way, those of you who don't know, we're off camera talking to her PR person saying, we're not going to talk about the money. And, and that is the hard part. We don't want to talk about it because it's not about the money. But if we can talk about the money in a sense to be able to give you ladies listening and I just an idea, just an inkling of who you can be, what you can accomplish when you help others. So thank you for that, by the way. Um, really quickly, what are three things that you shoulda, woulda, coulda? Are there three things that you wish you knew somewhere along the way um, that the women can sort of benefit and learn from? Um, you know, I was thinking, that's why I just reached for my pad of paper. <laughs> You know, I, um, 
for me, I really honestly feel like I really strive for helping people to remind, to remember, you know, remember every day that we are mega influencers for our little ones. Yeah. Um, and you, for your teenagers, I don't know how old your teenagers are. Adults. Yeah. <laughs> you even have adults. I was looking at you and you do not look old enough to be a mother. <laughs> so you're fabulous. Thank you. Anyway, but um, I will tell you, um, I learned early on, and another thing from my mom was get up, get dressed, and get out. But before you get up and get dressed, you got to get up, get dressed, and show up. Yes. So you put yourself together, and putting yourself together means your mental everything. And, uh, you know, I've learned recently to revive my gratitudes. And doing that has to be, you know, 10 day, 10 a day. And, and, and it will remind you of the successes that you do have and your gratitudes will help you. Okay. And don't overthink things every day. Uh, You've got to trust your instincts. You have got great instincts. We women, we were born with motherly instincts, internal instincts as women we've got great things internally that we know that we can do amazing yes. things and the thing of it is we do we overthink we come up with a great idea and what do we do we get on that bicycle we've been pedaling forward and then what do we do yep yep so don't put on that that pedal no 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 we'll over buy they think they need to put that's okay so if in order for me to be successful i've got to just like let's just buy like all of it and it's i mean you probably don't know that people that start jewelry companies i've seen them do it um they you know makeup it's like no 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 no. start little don't go into debt no and buy what you intend on selling. Yes. Sell that, then double, take that money. I mean, honestly, whenever you start, they say small business loans, they'll tell you, don't go into debt. Go and then just buy and then take that money and buy it and do, I mean, honestly, we have always had that in the beginning. And I, I really think it's important. I, you know, I love that you're saying that because I am a bootstrapper. I'm a business bootstrapper. I don't care. I've started a few businesses after I had my more successful business. And I really did my best to not use any money from that one to start the new ones and stuff like that. I wanted to prove to myself and to my team that we can solve it. Because if you have something, you got to go sell it even if it's the concept at first, because it proves to you what you can do, but also it forces you very rapidly to solve the issue, to get from the idea to the first sale. If you go and are tweaking your website forever and your logo and your business cards, and then, oh, I got to buy all these things. In other words, there's a famous saying, I don't know who said it. If you wait until you're ready, it's too late. 
Yes. You don't need a bunch of stuff. Like you can literally just put together a PDF document and be like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And start making those phone calls or connecting with people like you're saying and, and go take, go make a sale and then use that money. That's how I built my company. Use that money from the sale that you made to go do the next thing. And then you just keep compounding and reinvesting. And eventually you'll be like Miss Deanne here. <laughs> My very first flyer that I did like 33, 34 years ago, I hand drew a little girl with a dress and then I hand drew it, the flyer with all the information on it because we didn't have computers and I didn't have a typewriter. Can you believe we have typewriter? Man. And I didn't have whiteout. So I'm like, okay, I did it on pencil and I ran it over to Kinko's and had them put it on four on a page. And then I cut it with a cutter. And you guys, I did <laughs> because where there's a will, there's a way. And I had a will so big. I My will was those four little kids. And I wanted to make money. And I was like, okay, we're going to do it. And you, along the way, you're going to make mistakes. And that's it. Okay. But putting yourself, uh, don't overbuy product is this other one. Yes. When you make money. Don't spend it. People will come and say, well, I didn't make any money. I don't have anything to show for it. Be very careful, you guys. Take the profit and write it down what you made and keep track of what you made. You know, some people, I mean, we want you to spend a little bit of a reward, but don't go and, you know, spend it all, you know, go and reinvest in your business. And that's really important, okay? And the third thing is put yourself out there. You've got to go out there and constantly find new customers. I'm telling you, Target, never. We love them. And all those other big stores that we love, the the big W and the, you know, all those companies, they never, ever slow down on their advertising. Hey, Pepsi, Cola, Coca-Cola, Alt, Ford, all of these hundred year old companies never stop marketing themselves, never stop showing up at events. You go to live events and they're sponsoring the events or giving out samples. It never ends. They're making sure that they are impossible to forget and impossible to be ignored. Well, you know what, where can our listeners find you and where do they go if they want to add LuLaRoe as one of their home-based revenue generating income streams oh my gosh we are on instagram i know um i think that is probably the easiest under lula road um it's just lula at lula.com um and that, that is the best they will link you or connect you with someone to talk to immediately someone at the home office which is really fun there's all kinds of amazing uh, Lulua retailers and we love we love getting to know you all and we can't wait for all of you to find us and follow us so it's awesome thank you so so much Deanne for being on the show I know that this is going to inspire so many of the women not only listening to the Rachel Impact podcast but who are watching inside of the CEO platform it has been fun and it has been an honor thank you thank you thank you
If you're new to my content and you want to tap into resources, workbooks, courses, masterminds, a community of like-minded women that can support you on your entrepreneurial journey, head on over to my website, rachelmedina.com and click any button you see that says she and it'll take you right on over there. In the meantime, if you're not doing so already, please follow me on social media at Rachel Medina 101. Let's go.